0: Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Well, last week we looked at a passage from John chapter 6. If you weren't here, it was a, it was a different series, but uh, John chapter 6. Uh, was an unfollow moment for many of jesus 's disciples, and Jesus starts teaching and remember the teaching was so hard uh, that the Greek word for that teaching uh, that the, his followers said this is this is hard to accept the word there scleros literally meant it 's not hard to understand it 's just hard to take and so I thought it would be sensible that we just teach a passage like that tonight uh, because <laughs> Uh, what, what we're going to do for the next three weeks is we're, we're going to teach you something that is really easy to understand and it's just going to be difficult to accept and it's difficult to take uh, because what we want to teach you about for the next three weeks is how to be generous. And Paul says here in 1 Timothy, "...command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share." Now, the reason we're going to teach about this is is that that generosity, that that, that crazy love that Christians display when generosity is displayed was the very thing that caused Christianity to explode. Uh, you, you see that in the way that Paul was writing in this passage uh, to two different churches, the context of it being that he was actually trying to, he was trying to do a give-off between the two churches. He was a smart pastor. He was basically pitting the Corinthian church up against the Macedonian church and he was writing letters to each, to each of them trying to tell them how much the other church was giving a pretty good fundraising strategy, isn't it? You know, We've got a famine in Jerusalem. Why not, Look, um, those poor ones, those poor Macedonians, they're out giving you. And you've got to understand, it was like writing to a church that was in a really impoverished area. It might be in a really tough area, it was a Macedonian church. The Corinthian church was very similar to who we are and where we are a church, lower North Shore, young professionals, um, people that are well-heeled. And Paul's basically saying the church that's really struggling, they're out giving you guys. Good strategy. Um, but but the principle you see over and over again that that Paul gets to is he says, look, the impact, the result of this generosity is not only that people are going to get fed, which is a great thing, but he says this. He says, you will be made rich in every way that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And so Paul, Paul says, the whole principle is that when people, the church, are generous throughout history, Christianity explodes. And you see that time and time again. In fact, uh, there was a, a, a letter written way, way back in, in, the, uh, in the early centuries of Christianity. It was called the Epistle to Diognetus. And... Uh, Diognetus was a non-Christian, someone that, uh, whoever's writing to him was trying to explain what Christianity is, and here's what they had to say. It's a paraphrase, but here's what it says. They said to Diognetus, let me tell you why Christianity is spreading so fast. Christians busy themselves on earth, but their citizenship is in heaven. They live in their own native lands, but they live as aliens. For every foreign country is to them As to their native land, and every native land is as if it's their foreign country. They marry and have children, but they do not kill unwanted babies. They share their table with everyone, but they don't share their bed with everyone. They love everyone, but are persecuted by all. They're poor and make many rich. They're short of everything and and yet have plenty of everything. They're treated outrageously, but behave respectfully. They're mocked and blessed in return. When they do good, they're attacked. And when they're attacked, they rejoice as if it's giving them new life. (laughs) Now, is it just me or does that sound like crazy love? Can you you imagine if we had a whole bunch of churches and if churches like ours lived like that? You know, Sydney needs like another 2,000 churches planted throughout it in the next 10 years, which is not unreasonable given that uh, that's what is happening in in Korea and Latin America around the world. Can you imagine if Sydney was saturated with lives like that, lives of crazy love? Crazy love—it's crazy because the watching world looks in on it, and it's different, and it's uncommon, and it's countercultural, and it doesn't make sense. And yet Christians display it, and it's evidenced primarily in this this radical generosity of what we're going to talk about the next three three weeks of giving and of serving and of loving. Here's the challenge, though: everyone gives, but not everyone is generous. I think part of the reason why is it's a bit—it's a bit like this because some of you are already saying, "Hang on, hang on, wait a minute, that's a tough call." Like, you, uh, if you—you you see what I give, and I do good stuff, and I try hard, and I'm—I'm I'm sacrificing here, Sam, and and I'm—I'm I'm doing what I can to give to the church and to give to other people, but. But, you know, have you, ever noticed, have you ever noticed when someone says that you don't do something, how you always look back on that one time that you did do something back in the past? <laughs> Husbands, have you ever done that? You know, when, you, when your wife says, oh, you never clean up the kitchen? And you're like, well, what, what, what are you talking about? Like that time way back in 2013, I, I unstuck the dishwasher. <laughs> and I think part of the reason that we may think that we're generous but we're really not. Because isn't it ironic that Paul says you've got, to, you've got to teach the church this. So that's the assumption we've got, myself included. Could it be that the reason that we think we're generous but we're really not is, is that we reduce generosity down to random acts of giving. And a generous life is so much more than that. A, a, a generous life is, is pervasive. You know, Notice how Paul says be generous. He doesn't say do generous. <laughs> he doesn't say you know, teach the church how to do acts of generosity, which by the way would be easy, because the way that you do that as a pastor is you either do one of two things. You either try and inspire people, or you just make them feel guilty. <laughs> and true generosity, people of generous lives, you know, they're not impacted by inspiration or guilt, because for them it's become a lifestyle. Part of the problem though is that generosity doesn't come naturally. And I, I, I don't blame us when you see the way that uh, the ads are always weighted against us, around the place. Um, I'll give you one for example, um, uh, like the L'Oreal ad. Anyway, everyone see the L'Oreal ads for the makeup guys? See the L'Oreal ads? What's the L'Oreal slogan? Because you're worth it. Because you're worth it. <laughs> Because you're worth it. Now, what's, what's, what's that? What's that? What's that really? What's that really saying? What's, what's the principle behind the L'Oreal ad? What, what the L'Oreal ad is really saying is: forget everyone else, just spend something on you. <laughs> you you deserve it. Just forget everyone, Just just spend on you. And, and you know what? I don't want to sound stodgy here, or like an old man already, but you know that's greed. That's greed. Remember, church, we, we've talked about this, that greed is always merely the assumption of consumption. At the heart of greed is always a heart attitude that says, it's mine. You know, like Gollum from the Lord of the Rings. My precious. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, it's greed. Uh, and, 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 and so you have these two verses that, from different parts of the Bible that we read tonight that illustrate the very principle that if, if, if you get this, I'll tell you, if you get this pastorally, it'll, it'll free you. There are, there are people with millions of dollars that, if, if, that haven't got this principle and they're not living happy lives. And here it is. Let's have a look at the passages here. Paul says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower, this is Corinthians now, bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. You ready? Get, get ready to underline. So that you can be, say it after me, class, generous. See that? God will enrich you in every way so that you can be generous. Now, don't, don't miss the principle of what is being said in these passages here. You know what I think God is trying to say to all of us tonight through these passages is he's simply asking you this question. He's asking you this: What did you do to earn it? <laughs> some of you are going, well, oh, I did lots to earn it. Have you seen how hard I worked this week? I put in three fourteen-hour days to earn this thing. I worked, I worked my backside off." No, no. You look, look at, look at the, the the principle in in all of this. Is this not the dead cat principle? Right? You northsiders have heard this before. Shh. You know we've got we've got some we've got some of the North Taramara family here, so I, I get to use some of my old illustrations. <laughs> okay, dead. It's the dead cat principle. Two worms fall from the sky. You know, one one worm falls into a crack in the cement, and another worm falls into a dead cat. Five days later, the worm in the cement, malnourished, on the verge of death, looks across to his friend who's in the dead cat, full, fat, engorged. He says, "Please, kind sir." Could you tell me the secret of your success? To which point the worm in the dead cat says, "Mm, let me think. Um, Hard work and a sound strategic vision. (laughs) Look around us. We've fallen into a dead cat. (laughs) What this passage says to us is like, what did you do to get born in Australia? What What did you do to get the brains that you've had? What did, you, what did you do to, to not only be born in Australia but to, to, be, to, to be living in Sydney? Not only living in Sydney, like living in this time now and not as like in Tibet somewhere on the side of a hillside in the 1600s. What, what did you do? What are the air, every breath of air that you breathe, every good provision, everything God says is, hello, that, that's a gift of my grace. What did you do to earn it? So Christians are radically shaped in their generosity because they understand this principle and they operate out of this this principle that Christians say, you know what, everything, every bit of resource came from God anyway. And God says, if it came from all me anyway, do you think it's okay if if you just share a little bit of it with those around you? Does that sound like a good deal? I think it sounds like a fair deal. If you're a parent, it sounds like a fair deal because you see it all the time. You know, you buy your kid a $50 Nintendo game or or Gran Turismo on the PlayStation and you say, Can I have a go? And they go, No, it's mine. Or you buy them a Mars bar and like, Can I have have a nibble of your Mars bar? And they go, No, it's mine. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, of course it's yours. You know, you bought it. You worked a 14 hour day. You did all of that, didn't you? Awesome. Yeah, of course it's yours. (laughs) What makes Christians so crazy in their crazy love? It's because of this paradigm. A Christian is someone whose heart has really basically grown up beyond that of a five-year-old in their logic. A Christian says, you know what? It is a gift of God's grace that I live and I breathe and I operate in this part of the world and in the blessings that we have comparatively around us. And so therefore it stands to reason that God would want me to share that with people and to be generous. So some of you are thinking now, well, okay, well... um, (laughs) You know, well, 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 uh, is this this a stitch up? You know, am I going to have to give away all of my money? Look, side note in all of this, first of all, it's not a stitch up tonight. You know, when the service finishes, there's not going to be some slow music. We're not going to dull the lights, kick the song into six, eight, so we all sway a bit, get you a bit of money. It's going to be none of that sort of, no cards, so you can just relax. But I, I want you to get this, you know, generosity is so much more than your money. Because for some people tonight, you know what? It's, it's real for you. Giving, writing a check's the easy bit. Giving of your time. Mm. You know, like chatting, chatting to one of uh, the guys here at Northside. You know, he says, yeah, I've, I've got the gift of earning. It's, it's what allows me to do what I do. But I've got a gift of just making money. And so got, God requires me to, to be generous with, with all of that. But, but here's the point. Generosity comes in multiple currencies. Not just money, and that's why we're teaching on it. It's, it's the, it's the currency of money, yes, but it's the currency of time. It's the currency of serving. It's the currency of hospitality. And what you have to understand is in order to be crazy in this crazy love is that, that, that true generosity is the transfer of anything of value. It's the transfer of anything of value to you. And so that, that, what, if, if you're the person that's easy to write a check, maybe the giving up of your time is the tricky bit. And that's what God wants you to press into tonight. If giving up your time's the easy bit, and it's harder to write the check, maybe that's what God wants you to press into tonight. Which then, for some of you now, you know, you're going, okay, can we bottom line this? Can can you just tell me then what's the standard, so I can walk out of here and not feel bad about myself? Um, What's what's ironic about all of that is that when when you look at the way that the Old Testament particularly talks about generosity in terms of money, you know, it it often talks about that ten percent, the tithe. 10% Ten percent all the time throughout the Old Testament. You can see it; lots of different verses there. Then you get to the New Testament, and um, you want the good news or the bad news? Um, good news is, good news is, uh, there's no more talk of the tithe in there. When you get to New Testament generosity, and everyone goes, "Phew, that's great." Um, bad news is when you see New Testament teaching on generosity, Jesus says, you know, woe to you, you religious people. You you tie the tenth of your mint and your rue, but you you neglect the poor and the downtrodden. You should have practiced the former and the latter. And so in other words, New Testament generosity, 10% is the starting line. And there's no upper limit. There's no upper limit because the whole paradigm of the New Testament is this. The New Testament says, the gospel is this. The message of Christianity is this. is that God comes in, he says, okay, let's try and work out a benchmark here. Jesus says, how about I start with giving you my whole life? And you can work out what proportion of yours you want to give me. And why, why would he do a thing like that? You want to know why? I'm a bit annoyed. Old nicked the gospel. Because... You're worth it. Because you're worth it. When 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 a, when a Christian comes in to understand the value of, of Christ gave, Christ starts with his whole life, then our whole Christian journey, next steps, this follow series, it continues. Our whole, our whole Christian life is a progressive step into deeper and deeper and deeper levels of generosity. And so can you see why now, like generosity is not just doing acts of random giving? So much more than that. That's the paradigm by which we look at it. So some of you are saying, bottom line, what is it? What have I got to give? What have I got to sign up? Um, it's not an amount. It's a way of thinking. And you're ready? For, here's, here's, here's what generosity I think it is. It's a clunky definition, but it's, it's this. Christi- uh, generosity is the premeditated, calculated, designated, unshackling of things of value in your life. The premeditated calculated, designated, unshackling of things of value in your life. It's premeditated, which means you've got to plan ahead. You think about it. You think about what you're going to give. Now, this is not with money necessarily. You know, I've known people in this church who have said, you know what, I'm not going to take a border in in my house because I want to keep that room open and, and, and I want to be able to be ready to bless someone that needs emergency accommodation. You might be the sort of person that decides that uh, you're going to create space in your house with your housemates because you want to host a connect group and it's going to cause a bit of hassle, but you're ready for that conversation. Can you see how it works? You've got to plan ahead. You've got to plan ahead to be generous. It, uh, it says here in Corinthians, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. That's, that's pre-planning. It's premeditated. You say no to some things in order to plan to be generous, and then in 1 Corinthians sixteen, which is the other letter that Paul was writing backwards and forwards, he says this. Now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what the Galatian churches do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money. There's planning in keeping with your income, and so the second principle is you, you're not only you're not only predetermined, but you calculate. It's 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 thinking about, how, to whatever extent God blesses me, if it's this principle of it's his resources that I'm blessing others, I'm, I'm going to go with that. And so you calculate it. You see, New Testament generosity only ever asks one question, and that is this, how grateful are you? And as you continue to wrestle through that, you, you determine how much you're going to give. Then Matthew 6.21, Jesus says, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also, you know this is the only part of 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 the Bible where um, action precedes heart intention. We teach the other way, the whole way around. You know, get your heart right, and then your actions follow. This is the one area where the action has to come first before the heart. And so it's it's designated. It's it's your giving is whether it's serving, money, whatever it might be. It's designated to an area that stirs you because here's the thing. Generosity, because it's such a powerful thing, it needs a destination that is worthy of your heart. And so you're trying to work out, well, okay, how do I know what that is? A couple of ways you can do this. What are you grateful for and what breaks you? What are you grateful for and what breaks you? What breaks your heart? Give to that. By the way, have you noticed... That's not me saying give to the church. Cut that from the podcast. <laughs> right? But seriously, amongst us, the expectation is not that everything that you would give in both your service and your money and your love and your time is coming at Northside. God knows how to work this stuff out. It's his church. What he's looking for is generous people rather than a balanced bank account. And so it doesn't have to come to us. And so it's, it's predetermined, calculated designated, unshackling. I like that word, unshackling. I picked that because um, a couple of months back, I went to a a Thomas the Tank tank Engine day out down at the um, Rail Museum down in southwestern Sydney. And I loved it because have you ever been on a steam train? You know, and they they take you like the zigzag railway and you go on there and they have to turn the train around and they have to unshackle the train. It's a violent process when that happens. You know, there's bolts coming out and and there's bumps and there's a whole lot and there's things that are getting uncoupled and there's chains and there's men on the thing and coming around there. I just love the imagery. There's no way that your heart is going to let go of these things of value unless it's an unshackling. It's going to take time and thought and sacrifice and wrestle. The unshackling of things of value. And so some of you tonight, you know, we're, you're probably thinking all of this, yeah, well, Oh, this is a stitch up. Some of you tonight are thinking, great, you know, of all the nights that I get invited to Northside, or all the nights that I go, I gotta, I gotta turn up to the giving sermon. <laughs> um, some of you are thinking, you know, I, I can't, I can't afford 10%. I can't even afford 5%. Start at 1%. Here, let, let me, let me run this case study with you. You know, what, what if tomorrow, your boss or someone came to you and said, your financial advisor came to you and said, you know what, look, I, I hate to break the news, but you're going to have 10% less income moving forward from now on. What would you do? I tell you, for, look, for some people, that could be devastating. That's why we're here as a church. For, for, for most of us, if we're real, <laughs> um, it'd be annoying and we'd be grumpy. <laughs> it'd, be, <laughs> it'd be annoying and we'd be grumpy. Because we, we, there's just stuff that we don't, we don't get to spend on anymore. And so here's the choice ahead of you. As is, is you, is you experiment in this whole thing called generosity, just make the move now. Pick pick a next step, particularly if you're like so many of us in this place who already give faithfully. Don't get me wrong, I'm so grateful for that. But God, God wants to call us into greater levels of generosity. That's what makes this crazy love. And So, so pick a next step. Pick an opportunity to say, you know what, I, I'm, okay, we're, 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 do, we're doing another 10%, you know, or we're doing another 10% of the 10%, or we're doing another 0.3 of a bit. What, whatever that step is forward for you, and not just with your money. You know what, we're going to serve here. You know what, I'm going to give them my time here. You know what, I'm going to say no to this here because I want to start practising generosity. Interesting, a lot of us think that we need capacity to do it. You know, I think a lot of the way that we think is, okay, you know what? I'm really doing it tough at the moment. And we pray like this. Lord, I pray, will you just give me extra, extra blessing on top of what I do now? And when you give me that, I really, really promise I'm going to do something with it. Anyone ever prayed that prayer? (laughs) You don't have to admit it. Just wait until the lights go down and we'll pray at the back. (laughs) That's how I pray. You know, I want to finish with a story that um, has been one of the most profound in this area. For me in the last couple of months um, Because just at around about June Right before any of this Tarahumura stuff Had taken off um, a, a young couple Young couple under the age of 40 uh, Gave me a, a call on the phone And they said, Sam, you know what like, um, just, We're just giving a heads up That um, we're about to enter into a transaction That uh, is going to be really fruitful for us uh, it's, it's unexpected But it's, it's going to happen And uh, we, we, we just love What is happening in this place um, we love what, what is happening with, with Taramara, and if this could help with that, then we want to be a part of that. But even failing that, like we want to tell you so you can work out you, what you want to do with this, but it's, it's, it's God's money anyway. So it's, it's coming to you guys, and, and we trust you guys and, you, and the leadership to, to do with it what you will, but it, it's coming your way. And they said, um, we, we want to give a, a gift of $70,000, Uh, this is under the age of forty, which I tell this story as a first side note, you know, to, to bust any of that myth that it's it's all the rich old guys that keep Northside going. Um, but you know, you imagine I was—I I literally teared up on the end of, end of the phone. And then my, you know, as as I heard all this story, and as I've, I've looked back on all of this, um, it's it's really done my head in and my heart in. Um. Because I know this couple, and you know, you know the most phenomenal thing to watch? And they were in church this morning. You know, like They're still driving around in the same old Bogo car that they've got. And there's bits of it. When I, I look at their example, and I don't know if I could trust myself with that much money. I reckon the car would have come first. And so the most profound thing is they're still budgeting, and they're still struggling, and they're still trying to work out what happened. Um, but it was, the, it was the most phenomenal example of everything that we've been talking about tonight. It was premeditated, it was calculated, it was designated, and and before the stuff even came in, they unshackled it. <laughs> Part of me is like, I don't even know if I could like hit the button on that much money in one hit. Now, you know, if if you hear that story and you feel inspired, or on the other hand, if you feel guilty about that story, um, you haven't listened to a word I've said all night. <laughs> And that was never the point of sharing what we're talking about tonight. Because yeah, for some of us, like that's that's that feels like a ridiculously absorbent amount of money to give into the church. And on the other hand, for some of us, it's a bit mm, depends on how God blesses you. It was it was never the point. The the point is this: How do you feel when we get to share stories like that? I don't know about you, but when I heard stories like that, all I could do when we hung up the phone is I just pushed back on my chair and I just went, "Thank you, God, for what you are up to in this place." Right, Thank you. And then like three months later, we we come to a message like this. And Paul says, You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, Northside, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I'm preaching to the choir because you know there there are many many people I know what it takes for you guys to give in the way that you give tonight. This is never a message about oh we want you to give more money. In fact, it doesn't have to be that message. I think one of the most wonderful things we've got happening at the moment is that you know our finance meeting last week, you know our treasurer is here, we we laugh in our finance meetings. No pastor gets to do that. You, you, you look at our newsletter, You know our, our offerings are up 3% and, and in the four years that I've been the senior minister in this place, I've never once had to go to the church and ask you guys to give. And it's because of this, guys. I think it's because in this moment we listen and we stop and we wrestle and we work with God and we keep this generosity thing as part of the, the great adventure that we're on with him in that. And I believe we're seeing the fruit of all of that. And so for those of you that are already on board with this, I just want to say as a pastor tonight, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your generosity because when people hear stories like this, maybe there's someone in this room tonight that hears stories like that and they go, what sort of place is this? And I go, hello, it's the church. (laughs) It's where crazy love exists. (laughs) We'll hear more about it next week. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that... In these moments and in the unseen, you, you, you see every every bit of sacrifice. And Father, I thank you for the privilege that it is in the role that I have, that from time to time I will see the sacrifice made by various people in this place. But most importantly, Father, you see the hearts of each and every one of us. And, and so therefore, I, I pray tonight that that uh, we would we would be brave enough and we would be courageous enough to enter into this. That, you know, as Andrew preached for us a couple of weeks back, that... As 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 we get this invitation from you, Lord Jesus, to step deeper into this dynamic of generosity, that if if we feel any resistance around this in our hearts, and I know it would be there, oh, it's, it's churches talk about money, or it's you're just asking for more of this. Any of that resistance, Heavenly Father, I pray that 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 would really be between us and you. Um, help me, help the church get out of the way of this, because Father. I wholeheartedly believe that you want to set people free and you want to unlock people in this area, not just for their own purposes. But, Father, because I dare to believe that this week there will be multiple people in our worlds, in our workplaces, in our universities, in our friendship groups, in our families, that you are ordaining to cross our our paths and you are wanting us to share a little bit of our life with them. Through that spirit of generosity. Father, open our eyes to that, and I really pray that just a beautiful joy would emerge from out of that, particularly as Paul said, that there would be no sense of compulsion, there would be no sense of reluctance. But as we take each this step of faith, we'd find new joy in generosity, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.